In our busy world, family time frequently gets neglected. It is vital that we give attention to our families while we can, and it is especially important to give attention to what God says in His Word about our homes. For the next few minutes, let's join Scott Pauley as we open the Scriptures and find God's message for your family. Would you like a better family, a better marriage, a better home life? The book of Hebrews is the book of better things. I wish you'd take the time to study it. It is so rich. Uh, Jesus Christ, of course, is the one who's better. Better than what? Yes, all the above. Better than everything, better than anyone. And Hebrews moves from this deep doctrinal truth about who Christ is to the most practical areas of life and the way that impacts us. Uh, he is a better priest. We have a better country, a better hope, better promises, a better resurrection, better sacrifices, better substance, better testament, better things. And yes, a better marriage, a better home. You see, Jesus Christ makes everything better. And before we read our text today, may I just say a better home is not getting a better spouse. It's not getting better children. It's not getting a better house or a better job. No, no, it is discovering what you have in Jesus Christ. Remember I said it moves from the doctrinal to the practical. Well, I bring you to the last chapter of the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 13 begins this way, Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. What a passage. It's all about Jesus, and yet it connects to all of our life. How do you have a better home? Well, number one, learn to love first and most at home. Verse number one begins this way, let brotherly love continue. Now, we know the brotherly love, of course, connects to the family of God and loving one another, but where do you think that's supposed to start? At home. It's sad, isn't it, that so many people show more love and kindness to outsiders than those they're closest to. Friend, if you only love at church, but you don't love at home, then you know nothing about the love of God because God's love, first and foremost, is always family love. So begin by learning to love. And then in verse 2 and 3, make your marriage and your home life a ministry. It says, remember those in bonds as bound with them. Remember those that suffer adversity as being yourself also in the body. It's powerful, isn't it? Uh, in other words, take, take uh, the opportunity to help the hurting. In verse 2, don't forget to entertain strangers. Thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Show hospitality. View your home and your family as a means by which you can minister to other people. 
That keeps you from getting in a rut. That keeps life an adventure. It keeps your eyes off yourself and on those around you. You want a better home? Make your home life a ministry. And then in verse 4, marriage is honorable in all on the bed and defiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. I would say this, view your home as holy ground. He's specifically referring here to the marital intimacy that God gives. It's God's gift. It's one of God's wedding gifts, if I might say it that way. View it that way as God's gift to you, not to be misused or abused, not to be soiled with your own uh, lust, not to be brought down to some base way of thinking. No, keep it as holy ground. Guard your heart, guard your eyes, your mind, your home, your relationship. You want a better home? View it as holy ground. And then in verse 5 and 6, overcome covetousness with contentment. In fact, you might want to mark in your Bible the word covetousness. He says, let your conversation or your way of life be without covetousness. And then circle this word, content. Everybody's going to live one of two ways. You're either going to be covetous or you're going to be content. The only cure for covetousness is contentment. Do you know what covetousness is? Somebody said, yes, it's, it's uh, wanting something somebody else has. Let me give you a different definition. Covetousness is any time I want something that God doesn't want for me. It's wanting something more than God's will. So at its heart, it's discontentment. It is Adam and Eve saying that everything God had given them in the garden was not enough. They needed one more piece of fruit. May I ask you today, is Jesus enough? Is the Lord enough for you? Have you learned the beautiful joy of contentment? Paul wrote a great deal about contentment in his letters. I hope you'll read them because contentment is one of the great secrets to a joy-filled life and to a joyful home. You want a better home? Well, love at home. Make your marriage a ministry. View your family and home life as holy ground. Overcome covetousness with contentment. And then one more, learn from those who have found the better way. He says in verse 7, remember those that have the rule over you. Follow their faith. In other words, listen to the words and watch the example of people who have discovered this life of contentment and joy and blessing in Christ Jesus. For years I missed this. I, I disconnected verse 7 from verse 8. Verse 7 says, we're to follow their faith considering the end of their conversation. I thought that meant their end, like the way they died. That's not what it means. Look at the next verse. Here's the end of their conversation. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. In other words, when you follow someone and their life leads you to Christ, when their life points you to know Jesus better, to experience more of what Christ has for you, oh, then that's someone you should follow very carefully and very closely. Could I challenge every young married couple? Find an older man and woman who have the kind of marriage and love that you admire and want to emulate and say to them, I want to learn something from you. Watch their example. Learn from them. There's no perfect marriage. Every marriage has its struggle. Find parents who've raised their children, who've done a great job raising their kids, and say to them, teach me some things so I can apply that in my own context. You see, I believe God gives us other people in the family of God to help us in our family. And I believe the Lord has made a way so every one of us can draw nearer to Jesus Christ and guide and guard our homes in a better way. You know, we're living in a world that constantly offers the bigger and better, bigger and better, trying to outdo themselves. But friend, there's only one better one, and there's only one better way, and that is Jesus Christ, who is, listen to verse 8 again, the same 
yesterday and today and forever. The hymn writer said, all may change, but Jesus never. Glory to his name. So I know what generation we're living in. I know what the world's like right now. But I want you to know what your marriage needs, what your children and grandchildren need is Jesus. They need God's way, which is always the best way. They need the Bible pattern. And I'm convinced and convicted that if we will simply take God's admonitions and follow and obey what he says, that it will bring all of us to a better home life, to a better marriage, to raising better children. And I don't know about you. I'm testifying, not teaching now. That's what I want. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better father. I really do. Would you pray for me? And I'm praying for each of you. I'm praying that God, by his Holy Spirit, will use the word to help every one of us become everything he saved us to be and leave that for the generation to follow. I like the way Hebrews 13 ends. Grace be with you all. Amen. Isn't that what we need today? I'm praying that for you, dear listener. May the grace of God be yours today. May the Lord help you to live his better way. We hope that you will spend some time talking with your family today about these truths from God's Word and spend time praying for each member of your family. You may find additional podcasts, helpful articles, full-length Bible messages, and other resources at enjoyingthejourney.org. Until next time, may God bless you and your family.